What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, April 24th, and it is draft day. Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. As always, we are presented by our guy Dom at these home cuts. Like I said, it is draft day. It is Christmas morning for NFL fans. We're recording this at 6 a.m. just so we can get all the information uh, prior to the draft out. I know some of you are going to be listening to this after the draft, some before, um, but we're going to try to keep it up. This is the most exciting day of sports, in my opinion. I love football. I love the actual game, but there's just something about the NFL draft, something about, you know, the excitement, the unknowingness of what's going to happen. It just makes it so much fun. I mean, we get, I get two Packer, new Packers tonight at least. Two new Packers tonight. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and I just cannot wait. There's always storylines leading up to it. I mean, it's 6 a.m. now. I'd say around in about an hour or two we'll start to see storylines. Guys falling, guys rising up on the boards. And let me tell you, I cannot be more excited, and it's going to be so much fun. It's in Nashville this year, so a little bit different, but the draft is the draft, and I could not be more ready for a full night of rumors, trades, new guys coming in to the Packers, the different organizations. I don't know why. It's just, oh, my, I cannot wait. The draft is so much fun, and... This just shows, again, it proves again and again why the NFL is king. Because I guarantee you, this draft, this NFL draft, is going to get way more viewers than NBA playoff games, NHL playoff games, just because the NFL is king. And I, I cannot wait. I just It's almost as big as the Super Bowl to true NFL fans, and it's right up there. And they just they do a good job. I know a couple years ago they sort of stretched it out and they made it, they pushed it back way back in April. It used to be early April. They pushed it back to kind of stretch out the off season, and it sucks because it's almost a little bit too long now. But I think they do a good job of like stretching out your excitement. Like like you get to that sweet spot of like late March when March Madness is ending. And from up till, you know, the week before the draft, where it's just pure, just mock drafts and coverages and storylines and all this little stuff here and there. And, you know, that week sucks almost, but it also makes the draft almost better because it just, they tease you with it and you just cannot wait. And it builds and builds and builds until it finally happens. And they put it on Thursday night. And then I think they do a great job of putting the uh, second and third round on Friday night because... I almost like the second and third round better because that's where you can find a lot of the good steals in the draft. And that's where a lot of of notable players will go. Um, I know the first round's, you know, the big glitz and glamour type of thing. But second and third round is fun too. I just, I cannot wait. And then Saturday you got fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And then you have all the undrafteds after. I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys, and we're going to be here right along the way with you, helping you to break it down, especially on Tuesday's show. It will be almost all draft coverage, stuff that's been going down. We're waiting to see who's going to be this year's riser, who's going to be this year's faller, guys who fall, guys who rise. Um, I think guys you're going to see who are going to rise up the boards quickly, obviously Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones was predicted to be like a second-round pick coming out, and now he's... I've seen him as high as uh, 
to the Bengals at 11. I've seen him as low in the first round as to the Patriots. And now it's pretty much a consensus that he will probably be a first-round pick. And then you look at fallers. I think Greedy Williams is kind of a faller. Um, he's somebody who came into the draft as a top 10 pick, you know, number one corner. His work ethic's been in question. Um, you've seen Ja'Kai Polite from Florida. I mean, I saw Polite from Florida was supposed to be, you know, top 15 pick. I saw a lot of drafts going him for the Packers, but he had a rough combine, you know, rumors of him faking an injury to get out of the combine. You know, he had rough time in interviews. He was calling out teams in his uh, press conferences, and it was just not a good situation for him. And he completely fell into this draft process, and now he's a second, third-round pick. Another guy, though, Terry McLaurin, and even Paris Campbell, those guys are both risers right now. McLaurin, I've seen some mock drafts have him late first round, but I think it's more evident that he'll be a second round pick, which is surprising. Not because of his talent level. I, you know, I'm a Ohio State fan. I was able to watch him play, and he played actually pretty well for us. But he didn't. You know, he wasn't. You know, as big of a target as you might think in college. But just because of the pre-draft process, the Senior Bowl, the combine, all this stuff. He is now skyrocketing up draft boards, and I just cannot wait to see where they go. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's just like, I don't know why it's a lot of fun. I guess it's just because it mixes college football and NFL football together. I mean, you get to see, you're, you're going to be happy for the Ohio State guys get that get drafted, and then obviously the Packer guys. So like your pro team and college team sort of mix, and you're kind of hoping your, your pro team gets some of your college guys. But at the end of the day, you're going to be happy with whoever you pick. There's going to be a team where all the fans are going to be pissed over a pick. There's going to be a team where everybody's freaking out over a pick. And we're going to help you to break that all down on Tuesday's show. But as far as draft rumors go before, um, the only thing I think the biggest question mark right now is what the Cardinals are going to do at number one. This is probably, I mean, the Browns last year, it didn't really come out till late uh on Thursday not late like mid afternoon that they were going to take Baker. I don't think the Cardinals we really know what they're going to do yet. You know, I think three guys are at this position right now. I think Quentin Williams, uh Bosa or Kyler Murray are all at play here. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh there's been reports. I think somebody said from the Cardinals organization that they're not going to have two quarterbacks on the depth chart. So obviously, if they do pick Murray, I expect Rosen to be traded by the end of the night. And if they don't pick Murray, <sighs> sorry about that, I expect that the Cardinals will pick Bosa and then somebody will trade up with the Jets at three to take Murray. I don't think he's going to slide that far. I don't think he's going to get past the top five. Uh, and I think this is sort of screwing up draft boards. NFL GMs are you know, shitting themselves this morning because they're waking up and they don't know who the number one pick is. They can't rate their draft board based on that. Because let's say the Cardinals throw off the entire draft board and let's say they take Quentin Williams with the number one pick. Next thing you know, teams are going to be calling and trading and trying to get up to take Kyler Murray. And that could screw them up too because Kyler Murray is a different style quarterback than most teams run. And a team like, let's say, the Bengals. You know, they've been running with Andy Dalton the last couple of years. Do they trade up to take Kyler Murray? But then they're going to have to change up their whole offense. It's it's going to be a shit show if the Cardinals don't take Murray. I think Murray's the expected number one pick. But it will be interesting to see 
if he doesn't go number one, what's going to happen, how that's going to fall. And you, you heard me mention it a second ago with trading up. There's going to be trades. There's going to be drama. I don't think there's been you know a draft where it's just been straight chalk, 1 through 32 that was mapped out before. That's how it fell. There's going to be trades. I mean, you already saw the trade with Frank Clark and the Seahawks um, to the Chiefs. The Chiefs traded away their number one pick and some other stuff uh, to get Frank Clark um, into Kansas City. Uh, they signed him also to a big five-year, $105 million deal. Don't quote me on that. Um, so they're just kind of replacing D Ford there. But like I said, there's going to be trades. There's going to be drama. Uh, I don't think we'll ever have another Laramie Tunsil incident. I mean, that was a lot of fun when, you know, I think that was like hour or two before the draft, the video of him, you know, smoking weed out of the gas mask started to come out, and he just dropped like a rock. And I don't know if we'll have that. But you never know. Next thing you know, there's going to be some anonymous Twitter account. Nobody knows who runs it. Like with Laramie Tunsil's situation, everybody thought it was like his dad or like a disgruntled ex-friend who wasn't going to get paid, all this stuff. And he tweets a video of some big draft prospect doing drugs or doing something bad. Next thing you know, he starts to fall. And it's just so much fun. A lot of dreams are going to be made over this weekend. Uh, a lot of hearts may be broken. You know, guys getting picked a lot lower than what they thought. But it's just a lot of fun to see guys go from making almost nothing to making millions of dollars. And the glitz and the glamour. It's in Nashville this year. You know, everybody's going to be up for it. It's just going to be a lot of fun. And I just, I cannot wait. And it's just going to be one of those days that, you you just sit in class and all you can think about is, you know, when do I get to go? When do I get to go home, sit on the couch and watch three, four hours worth of draft coverage? Watch three, four hours worth of, you know, Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah talking about hand size and all this stuff. I just cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. I'm, I'm shaking with excitement right now. It's just going to be a blast. I cannot wait. For the NFL draft. And I'm pretty sure every single one of you cannot wait either. So let's get through some of these other storylines. And in the NFL, we'll start with Ben Roethlisberger. He signed a two-year um, extension with the Steelers. So let me pull up the exact amount of money real quick for you. Um, two-year deal with the Steelers that adds on. Now he's three years signed up with the Steelers. Uh, two years. I don't actually have the money. Uh, so that's my fault, but they are going to lock him up for the next couple of years. I think the Steelers, not this draft, I think maybe next draft, unless they really high on Mason Rudolph, I could see them drafting Ben Roethlisberger's replacement here soon, because by the end of this deal, he's going to be 40 years old. Rumors of him retiring have already been you know, sprouting up here and there uh, in the NFL world, and the sports world, so we'll see what happens. Um, but every team's sort of locking up their quarterback, which, you know, with Russell Wilson's contract, and obviously Ben Roethlisberger's getting old, so it's not going to be uh, that big of a deal, but good good move for the Steelers locking up their guy. I mean, at the end of the day, they had Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, and then they decided to give keep Roethlisberger, but obviously different situations happened, but it made sense for them to sign up uh, Roethlisberger for a couple more years. Then we'll go to the... Uh, West Coast now, 
uh, where the kicker is getting a little bit too much confidence now in the NFL. I think we need to take kickers down a little bit, take them down a notch just a little bit, uh, sort of kick them, you know, get rid of their confidence a little bit because Robbie Gold just requested a trade from the 49ers. I mean, I miss the days where, you know, kickers were sort of, you know, the laughing stock of the team. Coaches used to crap on them every single chance they got. And uh, what was that one clip where, I don't know, I can't remember, but one coach was making fun of a kicker. But a kicker asking for a trade, demanding a trade. Obviously, Robbie Gold's one of the best kickers in the game. Uh, he's been the best, one of the best kickers the last couple of years. I think the Bears certainly regret getting rid of him. I don't know where he wants to go or why he wants to leave. I mean, there's 32 jobs in the entire world of what you want to do as an as a kicker. You know, the pinnacle of being a kicker. Once you start going out in the yard and kicking field goals or whatever, once you put those pads on and start kicking, the pinnacle of that is 32 jobs available. That's it. And they start getting the confidence to where you just want to be traded and go to another team. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, where, where does he want to go? Where, is, where else are you going to go? Um... So maybe we need to start kick, taking kickers down a little bit, taking them down a notch, uh, killing their confidence. Because personally, between you know you and me, podcaster and listener, I don't think kickers deserve to be allowed to make trades, if that makes sense. I don't think they should be allowed to make trades. But what are you going to do if he wants a trade? You know, Grant him a trade. I don't think they'll get much for him, maybe a sixth or seventh round pick for him. Um but I don't understand why the 49ers would do this. You know, they're not going to get much capital back, and they're going to be losing a good, solid kicker. And it's you've seen it with a lot of teams. It's hard to find a good, solid kicker. I mean, you look at the Bears. They lost Robbie Gold, and now you know they, their season ended last year because of a bad kicker. And I don't know. I don't think he'll be traded. Now, you go to the other side here. You go to the uh, Arizona Cardinals organization which has been the talk of the offseason so far. And you have a player that actually does deserve to be traded in Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, the last eight or nine years, I think, has come into this Arizona locker room, and he has done nothing but what he's asked of. He has locked down players the last couple years. I think he's slowly becoming the most underrated player in the game today. He is a top three player corner in the NFL he doesn't you know do it with you know swag and all this stuff he's not Jalen Ramsey he doesn't talk trash but he just works and he just shuts down people purely shuts down people he doesn't just like you know low-key slyly shut down people it's just insane how good he is and there's reports he wants to trade the reports at the uh started coming out the middle of the season last year this year, I mean, Antonio Bryant, the wide receiver for the Buccaneers a couple years ago, tweeted that he was traded to the Chiefs. That lasted about an hour, and then next thing you know, all the real NFL insiders realized that this guy is full of shit, and he realized that he actually wasn't traded to the Chiefs, and he still wants to play for the Cardinals. Uh, but this is the second time trade rumors have been coming out. And, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I don't give much credibility to a lot of these trade claims so far. But as a, if I was a Cardinals fan, I would just be a little bit, just a tiny bit nervous uh, with Patrick Peterson. Because if you remember when he was drafted, he had a lot of hype on him. You know, it's draft day. We'll talk about this. He had a lot of hype coming out of the uh, combine. 
And when he was drafted, he's just been doing nothing but performing for the Cardinals. He's just been this lockdown, absolutely shut down corner. And they have not been able to put any talent around him. They haven't been able to give him a good uh, complement to his abilities at the number two corner spot. And it's just been a rough go for him. Uh, but if he wants to be traded, he wants to be traded. But, you know, last year you saw the rumors come out that he wants to be traded. And then next thing you know, he shut those down pretty quickly. So we'll see what happens. Back then to Denver, where I think this could come in play tonight, we have the uh, Denver Broncos star corner, Chris Harris Jr. He has requested a trade, I guess. Uh, I've heard that the Broncos do not want to trade him. Uh, until after the draft, I've also heard reports that they want to trade him. Uh, during they'll, they'll listen to trades during the draft. They may not do it, but they'll actually listen to trades. Um, I think he is going to be shipped off. He has been a star for them the last couple of years, and you know he hasn't gotten much uh, help. They got rid of Akeem Talib. He's you know had to take on the load of being the number one corner, which is tough. But Chris Harris Jr. now is going to be traded. I think a couple. He'll get a couple picks, some capital for him, which would make sense. I would absolutely die if the Packers could go out and get him. I think they could use him. Uh, not because, you know, we don't have some young talent at the corner position. You know, Josh Jackson and J.R. Alexander played well last year in their young rookie campaigns. But, you know, Kevin King's been injured. And other than those two guys, we really don't have a ton. You know, Tony Brown's a little bit unproven. So I think that would make sense for the Packers to go out there and trade for a guy like Chris Harris. But when you start to believe that they're going to, they probably won't. So that's just where I'm at right now as a Packer fan. But that's it for that on Chris Harris. I think if I was a betting man, I would say he gets moved. Maybe not tonight, maybe tomorrow uh, on Friday during the second or third rounds. I think that's where a lot of those trades will happen. Um but you never know. It could imagine. Just imagine for a second. You're sitting on your couch watching the draft, and the Cardinals take Murray number one. And then you read that the Giants traded away their third round pick for Rosen. And then next thing you know, Chris Harris gets traded to the Packers for a first round pick. And next thing you know, this, this, and this happened. That would just throw the entire draft into an absolute tailspin. Your head would be whirling around, and it would just be absolutely insane. But that's the NFL draft, baby. You never know what could happen. I don't know. I, I You're just going to keep hearing me talk about the draft for the entirety of the show because I cannot wait. Um, but some sad news coming out of the NFL. Marshawn Lynch has retired for the second time. He has decided to hang up the cleats. I think people were expecting this either to be his last year or he was going to retire over the offseason, and he did. Again, second time he was retiring. Lost a couple years, I think one or two years, when he retired the first time. I think this will be it. Um, his production has dropped off a lot. He is an, not just a Raiders favorite, fan favorite, but he is an NFL fan favorite. He is one of the most universally liked players in the NFL. Just because of his attitude and how he carries himself, I mean, he was one of the most fearless running backs I could remember watching. Uh, you know, just absolutely running through guys over and over and over again. You throw back to that clip uh, that he did, that soundbite. But I think 
people liked him because he was sort of against, you know, the traditional NFL stature. Uh, he wore his dreads long, and he just didn't care. He's eating Skittles on the sidelines. You know, he wasn't doing interviews. He wasn't doing press conferences. I mean, I think the most legendary moment from his career, besides that run in the Seattle game versus uh, the Saints in the playoffs, I think that one of the most uh, memorable moments of his career was the uh, Super Bowl, I think, press conferences where he just sat up there for 20 minutes and just said he's here because he won't be fined. I think that was one of the most memorable moments of his career, one of the funniest press conferences I've ever seen. So it sucks that he's gone, um, but as a power back, the way he ran, your body just gets beat to crap, and it's tough to do a long career. But that resurgence he had in Oakland the last couple years was a lot of fun, and I'm really glad he did do it. Um, so wherever he goes, wherever he decides to do from here, um, I know a lot of people would love to have him. He's done a couple, he's dabbled in television on like reality shows and stuff, but I think a lot of people would love to see him, you know, in the press now, but, uh, good luck to Marshawn Lynch, whatever he decides to do, uh, from here on out. But with, with Marshawn Lynch retiring, I could easily see the Raiders going and getting Josh Jacobs in the first round. Um, but that's it for draft talk. I can't, I don't want to talk too much about it. Because I think by the time a lot of people listen to this, the draft will be over, which would kind of suck. So we're not gonna not gonna discuss it. All right. Let's go to the NBA now. Uh, we got a couple storylines we gotta talk about here. Uh, we'll start with we'll go through each series right now, give you a little bit of an update, uh, and then we'll talk about you know everything going on. So we got today we have the Nuggets versus the Spurs. Nuggets have a chance to close this out on the road. They're up 3-2 right now. Uh, this has been a hard-fought series back and forth. I think everybody expected this. Greg Popovich is one of, if not the best coaches in the NBA. He's going to have a team. He's going to have his team ready. He's going to have them playing tough no matter who they play. Uh, and it's just been a lot of fun this series. Clippers and Warriors. The Clippers stole another game last night, made the series 3-2. Uh, the Warriors are going to try to close it out on Friday. Uh, the Clippers have been a lot of fun. They've been a lot of fun this series. And I think free agents now are looking at this and they're saying, you know, maybe you know I can still go to L.A. and still not have to play for the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, that's an absolute mess of an organization. I saw something where Magic Johnson quit because... He got accidentally uh, added to an email, and in the email they said, you know, Magic Johnson's doing a terrible job. So he saw that and he quit. It's just been a mess of an organization. Uh, I think it it was a mess, but it was slowly getting cleaned up. And then I think LeBron came in and just absolutely just, you know, like puked on the floor and just made the mess a hundred times worse. And it was just, it's disgusting right now. But I think the Clippers. These this series, they're not going to win this series. I think the Warriors will close it out on Friday. It would be a shock if this goes to Game Seven, but I think what the Clippers have done this series, they have actually made a pretty good advertising campaign for free agents now, and I think we're going to see free agents, you know, start to take a little bit of a second look at the Los Angeles Clippers and go there instead of the Los Angeles Lakers. Then we'll go to Saturday, I believe. That would be Game 7 if necessary for the Spurs. And Sunday would be Game 7 if necessary for the Warriors. Um, but we have the Phillies and the Raptors. That series is going to be kicking off on Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 
two of the most star-studded teams in the NBA, uh, especially the the uh, 76ers. They had trouble with the Nets a little bit, but they were able to close it out. Uh, I'm not sure what this means for Monty Williams uh, and Brent Brown because, uh, I don't know, I think Brent Brown's not completely safe yet. If they don't win this series, I think if they get blown out, I think he'll be gone, but we'll see what happens. Watch that series up close, but... Uh, the Raptors finally getting a little bit of traction in the playoffs, so we'll see what happens there. Then Sunday, we have the Celtics and the Bucks. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Boston fans, I mean not Boston fans, Milwaukee fans, chanting, we, walk, we want Boston uh, after they were closing out that last game versus the JV-led Pistons, the JV team Pistons. Um, they... I don't. This is the problem with Milwaukee fans, Truman included. They get too confident. They get way too confident way too early, and I've seen it many, many years. You might you might be saying, you know, Travis, just let them have their fun. You give them too much hate. But Truman, living with Truman for a couple of years now, about 18, 19 years, it's extremely tough to watch him lose time and time again. But it's also at the same time fun because he just gets so cocky. He gets so confident. You saw last year with the Brewers, and anybody who knows Truman personally knows this to be true. When this team starts to win, he starts to go off, especially on social media or in real life. He will just brag and brag and brag and brag. And next thing you know, you know the team gets to a certain point, and they lose. And the loss hurts him so much worse than what it would have been if he wouldn't have been bragging. Chanting we want Boston as a number one seed is not a good look for you. Uh, I mean, they're the number one seed. They're playing against the Celtics, who are the four seed. And uh, I don't know. It's just not a good look for him, I think. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But, hey, you know they want Boston. They're going to get Boston. They got Boston now. And Boston's the best team they've played so far. Uh, I think... They're getting a too confident with their team based on you know how the first series went. I mean, they played the Pistons, who really don't have many people besides Drummond and Blake Griffin. And Blake Griffin didn't even play. And when he did play, he played you know a barely you know couple minutes in that last game, and he was on one leg. So it's just I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way, I guess I could say. Uh, next, we would have. Uh, that's it for that, actually. Never mind. But Game 7 uh, would be the uh, Warriors and, uh, what is it? Warriors and Clippers, if it was necessary. Which I don't expect it to be. Um, but then, it's probably going to end up being, you know, Trailblazers and Warriors and then uh, Nuggets and the Rockets. So that's going to be a good series. we got to talk about the Thunder, though. Um, Damian Lillard has long since been one of my favorite players in the NBA. And I think playing in Portland screws him up. He doesn't get a lot of the attention that he deserves. And I think this playoff series versus the Thunder has completely revamped his career and completely put him in the spotlight. And I think it's destroyed Westbrook's career. And, you know, when more, it's, it's basically when one rises – Another one falls. You know, somebody's got to fall if somebody rises. And I think you saw Russell Westbrook, his credibility went way down. And Damian Lillard's credibility went right up. That shot from the logo to win that game on uh, 
Tuesday night was a lot of fun. It was insane. One of the most insane shots I've ever seen. And that's why you love sports right there. That's why sports is everything to me. That was just a lot of fun. Uh, but I saw from this series, I saw Russell Westbrook completely break down. He is no longer, in my opinion, a top 10 NBA player. I'll just say it. Um, he cannot shoot. He, he is one of the most athletic players in the NBA, one of the toughest, hardest working players in the NBA, and he's somebody who, you know, easily is a fan favorite, you know, no, no, you know, question there, but he's just not built to lead a team to the NBA finals anymore. You know, maybe in the old days when, you know, athleticism was as important, but now it's about shooting and he cannot shoot. Uh, to save his life and he's fun and he's fun to watch and like I said multiple times I would not mess with him he's the last guy in the NBA I would actually go mess with but it's just I don't know it just showed me he's you know a little bit off he's not that great of an NBA player because he just simply cannot shoot and one of the best things though is they won one playoff game this year they won two playoff games last year but they had Melo last year, and Melo was the problem. So that doesn't make much sense to me how Carmelo Anthony was the problem last year if you actually lost more playoff games this year than you did last year. So doesn't make much sense to me, but it's been a lot of fun watching the Thunder so slowly start to fall the last couple of weeks. Um, and all season, you know, they were worse this year without Carmelo Anthony. And a lot of people said, you know, they were going to be better, but... They just simply weren't, you know, sometimes the Paul George, Russell Westbrook combo makes a difference, but majority of the time, it just does not work out, especially when you get into the playoffs where it gets a hundred times harder. Um, but that's it for basketball. That's it for all of that. Uh, we're going to move now to a little bit of baseball here. Uh, but before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Go check him out on his Instagram at D's Home Cuts. You can find a bunch of videos about the cuts he's done. And uh, send him a DM to set up an appointment, and you will not be disappointed. Me, Truman, 90% of the guests we've had on the show have gotten their haircut at D's. And let me tell you, they have not been disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So baseball, we're going to give a quick standing update like we usually did with basketball, but before that, he's here. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be making his MLB debut soon. He's been called up to the big show. Uh, he is going to be joining the Blue Jays lineup, I believe, today, uh, if I am correct. I'm not sure if they're playing today, but I'll check. Uh, they are going no, they actually aren't playing today. So he'll be making his MLB debut on Friday versus the Athletics versus Mike Fires. Vlad Guerrero Jr., if you don't know anything about him, you need to go pause the podcast. I'll give you a second. Go look up Vlad Guerrero Jr. highlights. Go look at some of the home runs he's hit and come back to me and we'll you know, we'll continue to talk about it. So go ahead. I'm going to pause. You can pause the show right now and go watch highlights from Vlad Guerrero Jr. on YouTube. So here you go. Pause it. 
All right, so now you're back. Now you watched. Everybody who's listening has caught up uh, with Vlad Guerrero and what he is about, and you are going to be as excited as me. I cannot wait. Me, Truman, and Brian Leonard have been talking about this for a while because uh, we just simply cannot wait to see him play. We actually tried last year. Oh, it was like two years ago. No, I think it was last year. We saw Tim Tebow play in the minor leagues, if you remember that. We were trying to get to see Vlad Guerrero Jr., but it just didn't work out. We weren't as motivated as we should have been. And I think, you know, 50 years from now, when he is one of the best baseball players of all time, we're going to be pissed we didn't go see him in the minors. But he's going to be back about a 381 in AAA, bunch of home runs. Dude's just got that power behind him. He's got that thick, wide base. And it's just, oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to see him play. But, you know, this is an opportunity now. The hype is all behind him. He's going to get the opportunity. And it's up to him to make the best of that opportunity. I believe he will. But we'll see what happens. You know, he could be one of the biggest busts of all time. But we're going to stay positive here. This is a positive show, and we're not going to you know, dwell on that. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic, and I cannot wait to see him play. With the MLB, though, we're going to go through the standings real quick. Uh, go through the AL East first. The Rays still have that number one spot. Right behind them is the Yankees at one and a half games. They are beat to shit. They have... Almost every player at every position, they have at least one bad injury. Uh, so they are, you know, slowly working their way back. Red Sox are in fourth place still. It's been a rough go the last couple of weeks with the Red Sox. Um, you know, they won yesterday, but it's just been a rough go. The Yankees have actually won six straight, so they're kind of on the on a hot streak right now. Go to the AL Central. The Twins are leading by half a game right behind the Indians. The Indians lost a couple games on the road. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend, not on the road, it was actually at home versus the, the Braves. And then they lost to the Marlins on Tuesday. They got a win yesterday, and then the Twins have dropped two straight, so not much concern there. Then in the AL West, Houston's leading that division by half a game. The Mariners have sort of cooled off a little bit, losing three straight, and then Houston's won two straight, so they've gotten back into first. I expect them to hold that. As far as the National League goes, National League East, it's tied right now with the Phillies and the Mets. They are tied with the Braves right behind them with a game and a half. And the Nationals behind them with uh, a game and a half back as well. So that's a tight tight division. I think most people expected it to be one of the tighter divisions in baseball. And then we go to the NL Central where the Cardinals are in first place winning five straight. The Cubs have won three straight. The Pirates have won. Uh, they've actually lost four straight, but the Pirates are in third place. Two games back. The Cubs are two games back. And wait, hold on a second. Let me get my magnifying glass. Oh, yeah, that's the Brewers in fourth place three games back. I know three games back is not a complete seller dweller um, team right now, but they've lost... You know they've they've went three and seven the last couple in the last ten games they've lost four straight. It's been a rough go for the Brew Crew the last couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just still hitting home runs. Don't forget that. That's all Truman wants to tell you. But it's been a rough go. Three and seven in their last ten. It's been a rough go for them. Then we'll go to the NL West where the Dodgers are leading by half a game. Padres are right there in second place as well with the Diamondbacks. They're both uh, half a game back. Uh, the Diamondbacks actually have been eight and two, eight and two in their last ten games, uh, but as you can see, the playoffs 
not the playoffs. The divisions are tight, uh, and it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here as teams you know slowly start to figure out who they are as a team. I know the Indians are in that spot right now. They have been you know dealing with injuries, but finally I think their lineup is actually in order, uh, and they're going to start to see you know what this team is actually made of. But we still aren't at full strength with the pitching staff. You know, Carlos Carrasco went out yesterday with left knee discomfort. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But teams are starting to get back to full strength. I think they're seeing who they are over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think they said the old adage is once you get to Memorial Day, that's when you can start to really look at the standings. But we're not there yet, but as TNT Sports Talk, we usually are ahead of the curve, and we're going to start looking at the standings every single week, especially when the Brewers are in fourth place. So that's it for our show today. Uh, I know it was a little bit of a quicker show, and I know we promised an interview today, but it just did not happen again. We got to get it going, I know, but uh, I apologize, but it just didn't happen again. You know, The times didn't work out, uh, and we apologize. But... That's it for our show. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts. Uh, we ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Also on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, follow us also on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1-2. That's where you can send us questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. If you want to be a guest on the show, send us a DM. Our DMs are always open. Now we come to the end of the show. And I want to talk directly to one man and one man only. Brian Gutenkeis, the GM of the Green Bay Packers. What's up, Mr. Gutenkeis? Uh, not sure if you remember me. My name is Travis Kraczewski. I run a podcast called TNT Sports Talk. We actually met last year at Packers training camp. Got to take a picture with you. Got your autograph. Uh, so we're pretty tight. Tonight is the NFL Draft, the 2019 NFL Draft. Uh, I know a lot of stuff's been going on. You know, A lot of rumors have been flying around. Thanks to your amazing job as a GM in the offseason, we were able to sign four key free agents and really fill out this roster. Now you have a different opportunity, though. Tonight's the draft. You have two first-round picks. First time in a long time I can remember the Packers having two first-round picks, and that's all thanks to you, Goody. Trading back last year with the Saints was amazing. Yeah, maybe we lost out on Derwin James, but we got a stud in Jair Alexander. And we got another first-round pick. And tonight, we turned that first-round pick into another player, into another Packer, into another legend, into another guy that's going to help my happiness throughout the season. And you have a big opportunity tonight. Whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, wherever you decide to go, whatever moves you decide to make, trading back, trading up, I will be happy with. I trust you. You have my full unconditional trust as an NFL GM and that's not going to change whatever you decide to do I'm going to be happy with I'm going to talk myself into over the course of the weekend it's your time to shine though this is why you get paid this is why you get paid the big bucks to make these type of moves and I just simply cannot wait for you to see what you can do to see you my king stretch his wings and fly over the next couple of next couple of days I cannot wait so, Gutenkeis, good luck to you. Good luck to the entire Packers organization. Good luck to every NFL player, future NFL player, that is going to have their NFL dreams come true tonight on Friday, Saturday. I cannot wait. Good luck to everybody. 
Thank you for listening. Tune in on Tuesday as we break it all down, guys. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. Have a great draft. It's a celebration, guys. It's Christmas. Have a great day. NFL draft. Enjoy.